So good. Yeah, take a seat. I think if you're, uh, if you normally go back to Celebration Kids, you're in here today, right? Is that the truth? Good having you. Happy you're here. You can do some cartwheels if you get a little antsy. It's fine with me. It's fine with me. I have four boys in my house, so I get it. Totally get it. Uh, my name is Isaac McKinley. Um, yeah, I, this is my home church, believe it or not. I don't attend very often. But uh, no, I live in uh, Detroit, Dearborn, Michigan, um, as I like to call it, Dear Detroit, because uh, we live on the border. We live at the cross section of the two cities. And God sent us out of here, um, not separate, still attached, very much so, but sent us as an extension to the, that place to be uh, ambassadors for the kingdom, to represent City Harvest and what, who you are and what God's doing here, but to do it um, over there as well. So we're preaching the gospel, and um, we're doing this as a family. So my wife, Noelle, a lot of you know her, but if you don't, uh, she's not here with me this week, but she's, she's watching on, as uh, Abraham calls it, the watcher screens. So hi, Knowles. Uh, she broke her foot, you guys. Yeah, so pray for Knowles. I call her Knowles. That's Noelle, same person. She broke her foot. We've been uh, redoing our, one of the rooms in our house, and she was cleaning up towards the ceiling and using the stepladder appropriately, like a Christian. And then, and then she didn't want to move. <laughs> she didn't want to move the stepladder, so she went for the chair. And how many have done this, made this move? You know, we've all made the move. But this time, the chair... Didn't, didn't cooperate, and so she did this ballerina thing on her big toe and fractured it in two places. So yeah, she's down, she's out, and we have a baby too, so it's not, like, not good timing um, for this. So she's at home with Solomon, who's now five months. Her mom flew in and is helping out while I'm here. So we're doing okay, we're surviving. <laughs> but that's the family, Theodore's here with me. Uh, yeah, good old Teddy, he doesn't want attention, so he's here, just know it. We love you guys, we're doing okay, we do live in Dearborn, if you've never met us. Um, in Dearborn, it's a unique place, uh, it, it's, it's, its population is mostly Arab American, uh, and where we live in East Dearborn specifically, it's almost entirely Arab American, and which implies Muslim. By and large, vast majority, overwhelmingly Muslim uh, neighbors from all around the world. So that's where we live, and it's on purpose. Uh, as some people have asked me, are you here to convert all the Muslims? And, uh, and I reply, no. God does that. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> no, God does any kind of conversion. I'm just here to represent Jesus. And it is my job to preach the good news, to teach people the way of Jesus and invite you into the kingdom of God. That's why I'm here to do. And literally, that's what I tell people when they ask me. So um, that's where we live, that's what we're doing, and we just wanna say thank you really quick. Thank you so much for enabling us to live there, to be there. Um, without, without your guys' prayers, support, hands, uh, like we wouldn't be able to do what God is asking us to do. So thank you guys so much. I'm starting my clock here so I don't go crazy. Um, and thank, thanks for the serve team. If you, if you serve today, serve team, just wanna give you a really quick shout out. Thank you guys for, for serving and, and uh, making this all possible for the corporate gathering here. So if you're on the serve team, just lift your hand real quick. If you serve today. Good job, guys. Um, my message today it's called No Truth, Walk in Love. And it, you, you may have heard, read uh, Ephesians 4, 14. It says, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head, even Christ. And this idea has been very close to home for me, speaking the truth in love. To what, what, what's it like to live a, a life that, where you know truth, and it's not but you walk in love, it's and you walk in love so that others may be welcomed into the truth and the experience that you have in Christ. And that's actually harder 
to do than it sounds. And it's a very uh, potent issue where, where we live because most people don't believe what we believe. Uh, in fact, they believe quite contrarily to what we believe. And uh, it's just a very stark contrast. And so we experience this every day. And this is the challenge for me as an evangelist, as somebody preaching the gospel, is, is this dynamic to know the truth, to have the certain rock-solid truth of the gospel in my heart coming out, but, and, and, to, and to preach the gospel and to walk in a way that is loving. Um, and it's imme- immensely important for us all to be able to do this. Right now, I don't know if you've been watching the news uh, at all, but Israel is at war with Palestine. Is familiar with this? And in a lot of ways, this could imply, I'm not saying this is a right or wrong perception, okay? This could imply there's tension between the West, quote unquote, and the Arab world, all right? So what this means for the McKinleys in Dearborn is unique because here we are um, in an Arab community predominantly and uh, coming from different worldviews, coming from different histories, different heritage, completely, completely not like <laughs> what most people have grown up with and experienced, right? And so we are in the thick of this place where you know, most, there's a lot of demonstrations going on, pro-Palestinian demonstrations happening, um, uh, uh, candlelight vigils, I mean, you name it. Everywhere you go in Dearborn, there's a high school walkout where multiple high schools, all the students walked out of the high school uh, in protest, uh, you know, um, championing change and championing Palestine. And so coming from where I come from, maybe where you come from, uh, that, that could be different than just like the push the button, what does the American think about the situation idea. Am I right? Am I wrong? <laughs> you guys feel me on this? Okay. So, so it's, it's really beautiful, I think, because it's not, it's not time to, to, to hide or to uh, pick a side and choose an angle and attack. It's time to, Lord, I got to listen. What are you saying to do? You, you, put, you put us here for such a time as this. Now, what's your heart? So this message, no truth, walk in love, is what I'm living. And I know you guys all live it too. Um, and you know, if I could set, set the idea here really quick. There's a lot of things that we know to be true, but then the walk in love part becomes really difficult. Like, you should use your blinker, right? You should use your blinker. But sometimes it's easier just to like lay on the horn, you know? So it's like, you know, we know the truth, but, but sometimes it's easier just to lay on the horn. And if somebody doesn't act in truth, I'm going to like, I'm going to use this. I'm going to use this one. And there's no love there. It's just like rah, rage. And let me, let me tell you, in Detroit, you need a healthy, strong connection from whatever makes the noise to that button. You need it to be working. Because in that place, the horn is a necessary tool as a part of your vehicle. Uh, you know, uh, uh, honor your father and mother, right? Like, but maybe, maybe you're a kid and, you, and you're wandering in the house and you, you know that to be true, but, but you're not walking in the love that actually honors your father and mother from a place of sincerity. Or maybe you're a dad or maybe you're like me at times and I expect my kids to just honor me, but then I walk around my house like a tyrant, you know? Has any other dad done this? I'm, I'm looking for maybe some sympathy, but... Uh, <laughs> But you know what I'm saying? There's a difference between knowing what's true and then walking in love partnered with that. Um, and maybe largest of all, we know that, we would, we would confidently say this, we're Christians. We believe that Christianity is best for the world. I, I believe that. I will confidently say I believe Christianity is a better position than Islam, okay? Like that is a, axiomatic truth. It, I am the way, the truth, and the life. That's what Jesus says. So I, I believe this with my whole heart. But it, should, should Isaac now become a conquistador? Right? Should I go and, and, and make war 
on my enemies in the flesh? No, it's not like that. That's not the kingdom. So we all experience this in different ways. So it's like, what does it mean to know truth that is true? Concrete, rock solid, but then walk in love. Um, and I think sometimes, real quick, before we get into the first point, if we know truth and we study, and this is great, I'm gonna talk about how we should do this. If we have truth so pent up in our heart and it's foundational, we know the gospel, we know what the Bible says. We even know stances that are probably correct, like what's God's view on, on all these ideas out in culture um, that we come in contact with every single day. If we know the truth and we're not expressing it in love, what can happen is if there's no release, if the spirit doesn't have permission to release that truth through you as he wants to in love, it can actually, I believe, stagnate and rot in our spirit and produce within us truth. Like this is a weird thought. Truth within us can actually produce anti-fruit of the spirit. Because if it has nowhere to go, if, it's, if you're not giving, knowledge is good. Truth is truth, no matter how you slice it. But let's say I have the hope of glory living inside of me, and I believe that it is my, I am called to be an ambassador for Christ, and then I, I, I just, I'm not trying to condemn anybody, I'm just trying to say what, what can happen. Is that if you possess that, and you know the urgency of it, you have that within you, and you never release it as it's intended to be through Christ with the Holy Spirit, it can actually stagnate within your soul, cause rot and cause resentment, cause anger, cause bitterness. And this is not just the gospel. This, this pertains to things on cultural issues where Christians should be speaking truth to, but instead of doing it in love, right? It's so easy to do it out of this place where it's festered, where we haven't invited the Holy Spirit, now it comes out as bitterness. Now it comes out as judgment. Now it comes out as uh, 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 harsh, angry. You feel what I'm saying? Okay. So we're gonna break this down into the couple sections here. First is no truth. Proverbs 8, 10 through 11 says, accept my instruction and not silver and knowledge rather than choice gold. For wisdom is better than jewels, and all desirable things cannot compare with her. And then 2 Timothy 2.15 says, be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. (laughs) We possess in our grasp the very word of God. I love this book. I love it. This is the very word of God. This is the word of truth to all peoples, to all nations, to to everybody. It's within your grasp. It's within your reach. Uh, You may have memorized it. You may know it. My my exhortation today is that it's it's time to go deeper. It's time to uh, dig deeper. It's time to struggle with the hard issues. It's time to go after it because it's not... It's not just you alone. The Holy Spirit desires you to do this as well. Seek, be seekers of truth, not shallow Christians, deep Christians, deep Christians who know truth deeply, who possess a, a, a well that people can come and draw from because it's not your well, it's the, the well of the Holy Spirit because this word is breathed and it's for you to possess, to know, and to study. So my exhortation is go deep. The world, our issues are at our doorstep. It feels to us that the war that is happening is at our doorstep. My neighbor's Palestinian. My other neighbors are Lebanese, Iraqi, Syrian. uh, Man, what else we got? Yemeni. And I love these people. But what this means right now, currently, is that the war, which is so far away, is, is at my doorstep. And so now, I, how am I supposed to respond in, in this critical moment? It's, it's in front of me. I need to know the truth. What's the Bible say? You need to know the truth in your neighborhood because the, the, the spiritual atmosphere of Detroit and Dearborn is much different than 
Portland and Vancouver, right? If I were to describe this spiritual atmosphere, I lived here, I can do this. It's chaotic. It's atheistic. It's agnostic. It's indifference or it's complete opposition to the gospel. So you also are in a war zone, friends. <laughs> you know, you're joyous soldiers, I hope. You're happy people because Jesus loves you, but you are in a place of conflict, in spiritual conflict, and you are commanded to seek the truth, to know the truth, and to know what to, know the correct position and stance for your neighbor. So pursue it. Don't neglect it. Don't write off the issues as, you know, these sinners are just gonna go to hell in a handbasket. Be like, no, God, you've placed me here next to these people to know the truth. Now, not just to know it, but, but beyond that, give me the exact truth that I need for the moment, the grace in the moment. Not, not just this like grace that comes from out of nowhere, but Lord, lead me into diligent study of your word. Lead me to the resources that you've placed in front of me so that I might gain truth. Know the truth. Um, and you guys can do hard things. That's what my mama says. She's here. I'm just going to tell you too. You can do hard things. Don't, don't just step back from the issues at hand. Go at them, not in your own strength, because you can do this. We can address things like sexual identity in our neighborhoods. It, it's, not, it's not out of God's reach, which means it's not out of your responsibility. Does that make sense? Who are God's hands and feet on earth to represent him? Who are the little Christs in Vancouver, Washington? Is it not us? Are we not his body? Is there, is there an issue too confusing, too messed up, too out of reach for our savior to speak to? No, we know this. So it's time to know the truth, church. He'll guide us in love. Understand what's right and wrong. Understand what's true and false. He leads us into truth. I'm gonna encourage you with this one. John 16, verse 13 says this. But when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth for he will not speak on his own, but what he hears, he will speak and he will disclose to you what is to come. And I love this picture because you don't just have to listen to me yell at you passionately about get smarter. Like that's not what I'm trying to say. Oh, uh, maybe. <laughs> oh man. Gain knowledge, gain understanding, pursue it, seek it. But this is the beautiful thing we have as privilege, as believers in Jesus, as having received the very spirit of God within our, our bones, we are a temple. Do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells within you? We have the spirit who leads us into truth. And so don't be overwhelmed. How can, I, how can I speak to the drug addiction issue that I see every single day in this arena? How, how, can, I, how can I gain the knowledge to, to be able to speak to that, Lord? How can I speak to the sexual identity crisis that's happening all around us? How, how can I speak to the poor? Like, what are we to do about the poor, you know? What are we to do, God, about the lonely? What are we to do about the sick? What are we to do about these things? Do, my, 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 I hope to not overwhelm you with the issues because here's the beauty. We are to pursue truth in those arenas and gain understanding. God's word first and foremost, but Holy Spirit will lead you to the right, in the right ways, at the right moments, to the right areas of truth that you're supposed to know. Does that make sense? So it's like, God's not gonna give you all 96 credits of your college degree in one semester. He's gonna, class by class, course by course, but if you're ignoring the spirit and you're not acknowledging that my journey in truth is actually the same journey God wants me to walk on as the walk in love journey, then, then maybe you'll miss that and be overwhelmed, but the Holy Spirit will lead you to, to, the, to the things you need to know for the moment he's gonna introduce you to, the context you'll find yourself in as you're walking in love. Does that make sense? God has been putting me through this apologetics course, this dense book on apologetics, and man, it's dry. It is a dry read. But you know what? I find that the things I'm responding to by the Spirit and the chapters I'm reading and the sources that I'm, I'm discovering are conveniently perfect for the conversations that I had no idea would come. 
So it's the same, it's not me, it's all of us. This is the experience of the Holy Spirit leading you into truth. So pursue truth with him. Walk in love. Ephesians 5, one through two says, therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love just as Christ also loved you and gave himself up for us. An offering and a sacrifice to God as a fragrant aroma. Isn't that amazing? Walk in love. And we know that, 1 Corinthians 13, four through seven tells us, love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. Now, isn't that, isn't that a strange thing to say of love? It does not insist on its own way. What if somebody's, what if somebody's a liar and you're called to love them? I don't know. I don't know the answer. The Holy Spirit does. It's up for you and him to figure out. I'm just reading. It is not irritable or resentful. (laughs) It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. So that's what love is defined of scripturally. And, and, And so how is it possible to hold unwaveringly to truth, which seemingly would cause lines to be drawn in the sand? And it, I mean, it does draw lines in the sand, right? these stark contrasts of these axiomatic large truths where you are either right or you are wrong, right? We are not humanists. We are not relativists, Christians. There is a right and wrong stance on popular issues. There is. It's not just a everybody's right, God's mercy covers it all, lovey-dovey-wovey. You know what I mean? The kingdom, there is, there is a way that leads to life. There is, a, there is wisdom, there is heavenly discernment and they do apply to our issues. So we need to be approaching issues like that. Not as humanists, not as relativists, okay? Like that's extreme. And that, that would be seen as in today's culture, extreme, right? But, I'm, but I, what I'm telling you is be extreme. Be extremely a seeker of truth and be extremely a lover. There's, I, I'm not preaching balance. I'm preaching extremely everything. That's what I'm preaching. So it means you're extremely like Jesus. Because Jesus isn't, it's not balanced to get down in the dirt while they're trying to stone a woman in, in the second half of John 7 and the beginning of John 8. There's a woman who's being caught in adultery, Right? And the religious elite, are trying, the Jews of the time, are trying to stone her because legally, according to the law, the truth is she deserves death. That's true. It's written in the Bible. That's what's true. And here comes Jesus, the truth. The personification of love. The God, the incarnate God. Love. God is love. This is love. And what's he do? He gets down in the dirt. He gets low. He gets with her. He, what is love? Like, wow, that's a lot different than maybe I would have thought that would have looked like. And he gets in the dirt with this woman who deserves death according to the law. And he gets low and he lifts her up, right? And he demonstrates love. There's something miraculous about that. There's something inhuman, humanly impossible about that scenario. And I'm here to say, That's the scenario we've been invited into because Jesus knew the truth, but he knew also the truth is she's loved and there's forgiveness for her sins by her faith. And there's also something that these people need to see. They need to see grace like they don't understand God possesses. Uh, And that's the invitation for us. But how can we do that? You know, Jesus shows us, but how on earth do we do that? It seems impossible. And I think it is impossible. I think it is impossible for you and me. It's literally impossible. I would never naturally do that. I would probably walk away from this. I don't want to get involved in that. Nope. They got rocks. 
you know, I, I, I do think it's impossible. But this is, this is the command we have in Scripture that leads us to how. Deuteronomy 30, 16 says, I command you today to love, love the Lord your God, to walk in obedience to him. To him. So maybe to walk in love, we need to be in love with God. Be in love. Don't just go walking. Be in love with God and walk. Purposely foster your love towards God. What's this look like? This is one way. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Have faith. Believe the testimony of Jesus. Receive the gift of forgiveness and life in honest, humble gratitude. And I think this is super important. Thank the Lord. Thank God. What's it look like to love God? How do you grow in love for God? Start thanking him. Thank him for things. Be grateful for things. It will foster a love toward him because thankfulness is a, is a humble position, naturally. It's a low position because you're, you're saying, I, I, you, this is a gift I have received. Thank you. Thank you. Thankfulness will foster love in your relationship with the Lord. Are you lacking love towards God? I'm gonna tell you today. It's very simple. Maybe you can practice before you leave. Just start thanking the Lord. In your spirit, with your mouth, under your breath, start thanking the Lord. Sometimes we want truth because we love being right, not because we love God. And it describes in Psalms 91, verse four, that truth is our shield and buckler. And, and I think sometimes we use a shield of truth as an offensive weapon. There's a sword of the spirit. We have a shield of truth. And if you just humor this image for a moment, I think sometimes as believers, instead of walking in the love of Christ led by the spirit, we use this shield of truth and we just beat people into submission. It's true. Truth is a defense. Truth is a shield. Truth is armor. You possess truth and you invite somebody to, to armor up within it. But, as, but shields don't make great swords. And they won't win wars. But it's the kindness of the Lord that leads us to repentance. And there is a, there is a sword of the spirit. It's mysterious. We don't know quite how it works. We're really stupid a lot. In our flesh, we make mistakes. But if we're willing to say, I'm gonna armor up in truth, but I'm gonna walk, not just beating people over the head with truth, even though maybe some people do need it, you know, they just need that little, you know, they need to like, <laughs> but, but my sword is gonna be, is gonna be the spirit. And, and you can use every part of me. Maybe it is that sword. Somebody just needs a good punch. But maybe it's not, most of the time that's not required. It's the love. It's walking in love, possessing that shield, being armored in it. That's the kingdom. That's the message of Jesus. And I, you and I cannot bring kingdom change in our own strength. And lo love in the flesh doesn't communicate kingdom truth, so it goes both ways. And we, we tend to, it's an easier message to say love. God is love, love everything, love everything. The butterflies, love them. Everybody who does everything, just love them. That's God. And God does love people. Like I said, what we need are truth tellers who speak the truth in kingdom love, okay? We, we are not people of compromise. We don't compromise truth, but we also don't compromise love. It's radically both, and you can do it. And I'm gonna tell you how, right now. The truth and love, they meet in Christ. They meet in Christ. It's way more simple than we make it out to be. The, the message, it's already written for you. You don't need to come up with something to say to somebody to magically, to, to show them truth and love in a new way. The message is written. We have it. It's the gospel. You know what communicates truth and love? The cross of it's both, it's, it's both. And here, just bear with me in this. If you could visualize this for a second, 
You got, let's call it, we'll call love over here, okay? And maybe truth over here. And then here we are in the middle. We're supposed to be extremely both. And, and if you can for a second, here we stand. And we possess the gospel of Jesus. But sometimes this message, if we would just preach the gospel of Jesus and we would just get out of the way. You see, it's trying to be both. It's trying to, it's trying to be, oh man, there's a great verse. I'm gonna read it to you. God's truth and faithful love join together. His peace and holiness kiss each other. Psalms 85.10. Isn't that awesome? They're supposed to be in unity. And we are supposed to be a river. We're supposed to be a highway for the kingdom to, to, to traverse. We're supposed to be a speaker of truth and, and, a, and a, a disciple who walks in love. And so here we are. And if our flesh is standing here in between truth and in between love, then we're blocked. And we deliver love compromised or we deliver truth like a tyrant. And what we need to do is preach the gospel of Jesus. Because when we do, you know what happens? We get out of the way. The gospel will crush you. The gospel will crush your flesh because there's nothing inherently you-centric, myopic about that message. Jesus has paid everything that you could not do. He has done it for you. The cross of Jesus says, I am nothing. I am, in fact, I'm a sinner. I'm a worm. I'm just dust, Lord. But you, you have seen something in me that I didn't know was there. There's, you've, you've loved me. That imparts value to me. Lord, I, I just get low and I receive this message. I receive what you've done on the cross. I humbly come to it. God, I submit to you. I remove my flesh. And maybe if we could just get low, if we could, if we could decrease and let him, him increase, these issues that surround us, me being in Dearborn, he would give me wisdom I don't have because it would no longer be me, it would be Christ in me. And people wouldn't see Isaac and his best ideas or social programs. They would see Christ crucified, an expression unexplainable, an expression miraculously given. The, the, the revelation of God's heart to man, which is truth, you're a sinner, you're wrong. Your best ideas are trash. <laughs> I was really aggressive. <laughs> in the flesh. It says, it says the wisdom of man is foolishness with God. That's where the context of that came from. <laughs> and over here, and over here is God loves you. As far as the east is from the west, there's nothing that you can do that would separate you from the love of God. The nails that he took, the crown that he wore is an expression of his blood poured out you. It's the ultimate expression of truth and love. And what is in the middle? It's relationship with Jesus. It's the infilling of the Holy Spirit and now life renewed, a born again person who now walks in obedience, who has a heart to obey the commandments of God because of the love that has been poured out into our hearts. Isn't that beautiful? That makes us like Jesus, and it's the cross. I wanna give us one last major key, and then maybe we could pray. And it's ironic, because the, the, the key is pray. So here's the major key, pray. Sincere, surrendered, believing, devoted prayer has the power to cause change. Yes, to move mountains, to heal the sick, to deliver demons, to cause change in, in certain circumstances. But beyond that as well, maybe prayer has the power to remove you from the scene, to remove your flesh, to remove yourself, and, and to lower you, and to lessen you, so that Christ may be magnified in you. So the key is pray. God, I thank you. God, I praise you. I pray, Lord, that whatever you wanna teach me, I, that you would teach me and that I wouldn't store it up in my heart and it wouldn't get stale, but that your love 
would so fill my heart because I look at you, Jesus, on the cross. What can I do but tell of what I have seen and heard? What can I do but invite people into that experience of salvation, that regeneration that I know, that person that I know? I wanna introduce people to you. I want them to know the truth so that they would be set free. I want them to see you, Jesus, on that cross through my life. So I pray, God, that I would decrease and you would, I pray, God, that you would give me the right words. I trust that what you've led me to study will come out in the right moment to express truth and love that draws people in. It doesn't start fights, but starts relationships. I pray, God, that you give me boldness to actually be involved in my community, to take steps and position myself. God, I don't know where to go, but give me a hint. Position me, God, in the areas that you want me to be positioned so that I can maybe just represent you in that arena. If you have a heart, for example, I'll give you my, my personal example, and then I'll maybe see what else God is saying. But my personal example is this. There are areas of dear Detroit that I feel God is saying, go be a presence in, okay? So just be there, just be there. And there's this prayer route like, like Jericho <laughs> that I drive and I pray. I think, Pete, you did it with me. And uh, uh, there's one example of this is I, I'm praying, I'm in the morning, God, I just surrender to you. What it, whatever you want to do, I'll, I'll do it. If it makes me nervous, God, give me the strength to overcome the nerves. If it's, if it's terrifying, God, I embrace, I embrace, I, I'll be scared, Lord, but you'll be with me. And you can help me, even through my cracked voice and stupid statements. And like, these, these are the kind of prayers. Like, Lord, just, just walk with me. That's all I need. So one day I did this. This was four days ago, three days ago. And <clears throat> I end up in this coffee shop on my prayer route. And, and I'm preaching the gospel to the, to the owner, which just looks like this. Hey, man, coffee shop's great. Well, uh, it's brand new, right? When did you start this? Why'd you start it? Yada, yada. I fill my heart just to tell you the gospel of Jesus. Have you ever heard the gospel of Jesus? It's really that simple, you guys. It's really that simple. A lot of people will say no. And you say, can I share it with you? They'll say yes. Then you do. And so I did this. And it's a beautiful moment. But there's these other people uh, sitting at this table over here. And Maybe it's the Midwest, but maybe it's East Dearborn kind of Arab hospitality culture. Like we had waved to these people when they came in the coffee shop, like, hey, how you doing? You know, just greetings. So we finished with this guy and then we're on our way out and I shake these guys' hands and uh, get to know them. And then one of them asks me, hey, if you don't mind me asking, why are you here? Because I look much different than most people in the area. It's not an uncommon question. And I say, well, I'm here to, God, God sent me here uh, to represent him, to preach the gospel of Jesus and to plant a church so that people might know him. So I teach people about Jesus. It's like, all right, you're here to convert all the Muslims then. I said, no, God's here to do that. We already talked about that. And he says, and he says what's your position on Palestine? It's like, oh my word, man. <laughs> but you know what? This is the, print. This is the idea. I had been in prayer, in the shower. God had put heavy on my heart, like, get my heart for this issue. These are your neighbors. So before this, for days, this has been plaguing me, and it was kind of heavy on me. And I'd been in a lot of prayer. And so now I find myself in this coffee shop being asked this exact question. It's not an accident, you guys. God was filling me with truth to walk it out in love. This is a tense issue. And so this guy, he's asking me, and, and I say, you know what? I love Israel. I love Jewish people. I would have no Bible, <laughs> spiritual heritage. I am, I am a Christian because of the Israelites. That's who I am. I love them. I love Palestinian people. I love you. God loves you. God shows no partiality. This is not a, this is not a, pick sides moment, like, it's like, I love you. And there's a kingdom at work. And, and my savior, Jesus, who was a Jew and killed by the Jews, by the way, he, he established a kingdom that is beyond earthly kingdoms. 
And I won't mince, mince words about it. I, lo- I love Israel. I, I must. But there's something, something great at work here in the earth, and it's called the kingdom of God, and all are welcomed into it. And my Savior is Jesus, and he's that king. And, and, and he actually refused political leadership in order to die on a cross. He refused to be the type of some sort of messiah that people wanted in order to go die on a cross and establish a kingdom that's everlasting, not made with hands. And so this is my king. And Jesus even said, destroy the temple and in three days I will rebuild it. So I love Jesus and, and that's, I love you. And I can, I can say both. <laughs> I love the people of Palestine. I know there's been wrong done. And I don't claim that the people of Israel have done everything in accordance with the kingdom. And in fact, most of them are not born again. Have you read the Bible? Have you read Hosea? Have you read First and Second Kings? The Israelites are not always making great decisions. <laughs> I didn't say this to the guy, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm expressing like, you, you gotta like, I love, but, but there's something greater at work here. It's called the kingdom of God. And so I can tell you, I love you and I'm sorry. And the suffering that your people are suffering, it breaks God's heart. It breaks God's heart. God loves you and welcomes you into this kingdom too. And then I asked the guy, I said, so being new here, what should I, what should I do to serve the community or to love the community? He says, serve. They look very nice. They look very presentable and um, official. And then he replies to me, what should I do? And he says, serve. I was like, wow. At this point, I have coffee stains all over my shirt. They're wearing suits. I just want to get you the picture here. They're wearing suits. They're very official. I just spilled coffee all over me. I'm wearing a Detroit beanie and like tennis shoes. And I'm representing what he called the 70 million evangelical Christians in America. You know, I'm like, oh, Lord, help me. But I felt like I communicated something of the kingdom of God, something of the person of Jesus that, that, that stood in truth, not compromising God's plan, God's purpose for his people, the love he still has, but also not, not ignoring the kingdom of God at work and the people of, that he wants all nations to come to the knowledge and the glory of him. He wants, you know, there's a a global invitation. So I'm sharing this with this guy. And uh, and what's he say? Uh, Oh, goodness. He says, serve. And I said, well, that's cool. The son of man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for for many. So we end on the gospel. It's the cross. How's this all work? How can can this all work together? How can Christ be truly represented? Well, it's the cross. It's the picture of the cross. It's the gospel. That's how it works. And come to find out, this guy... He's the executive financial director for the Islamic Center of Detroit. And he introduces me for this other guy who is the executive director of the Islamic Center of Detroit. As he called him, the head honcho, the big man. And that, that's kind of mind-blowing because it's a super influential uh, organiz- mosque. It's a mosque. In the region. And these are like the people who appoint the imams who then teach, right? And so here I am in this coffee shop. I feel like God's prepared me with truth and then is teaching me how in the moment I felt super unprepared. But you know what? I had been in prayer and my spirit was ready, whether I knew it or not. And I just went for it. And God gave me the confidence and I believe the right words to represent him in a new way to this person. And so now I got their information. I'm connected with these people. And you know what's wild is that if you're the executive director of the Islamic Center of Detroit, which is the highest per capita representation of Muslims and Arab Americans in North America... These are some of the most influential people for the Islamic religion in North America. It's just wild, right? It's like, my goodness, you guys. So there's a way to do this. And I'm not saying I did everything perfect in that moment, but there's a principle at work that pursue truth, go after it, led by the Spirit. Walk in love, dependent on the Spirit in the moment where he calls you to, in the moment, and he will. And so if we could just end like this, could we stand together? If you're able, could we just stand? And I feel like there's a couple areas that I just put, the Lord put on my heart that maybe your heart is burning for. Maybe you're not like me and have a heart to go to Detroit and and see God move and resurrect a city and see God move and cause people's hearts who are Muslim, Buddhist, 
uh, Hindu, you name it, to come. You know, maybe you're not me like that. Most people aren't. I'm kind of weird. But, but maybe your heart is something equally unique and equally strange. Maybe, maybe your heart says, God, I'm in a season where I need, I need to be a good dad. I need to represent and disciple my kids well. And right now, Lord, I'm feeling convicted that I, I have known the truth. I know these biblical principles, but do they, as a father, do my kids see Jesus in me? You know, am, am, I, am I representing the truth? Am I speaking the truth in love to my family, to my wife, to my kids? It's, it's everything, you guys. This isn't just these, these crazy situations I'm talking about. It's everything. No truth, walk in love. Maybe you're a mom in same situation. God, I, I, I know you've called me to do these things, to lead my family in this direction and, and to raise my kids this way. God, I need help. I need, to, I need your love to enter this situation and communicate through me what I can't do in the flesh so that my kids will become like you. Not like me, but like you. Maybe you're at work and like me for eight years, sat in a cubicle for 50, 60 plus hours a week and you know the truth and it's burning within, it, within you and you don't know how to communicate it to your neighbor. So you're just sitting there and feeling like, God, am I doing anything with my life? I'm really good at Excel. <laughs> but am I preaching the gospel? And so you're pursuing truth on your own. And it could be your, your work arena, right? My, and then you're in prayer. God, when the moment comes, let me be ready to walk in love and to speak that truth, to be full of that truth, but it to come out in an expression of the cross and to preach the, cro- the cross without myself in the way, but to preach it pure. So maybe you're at work and that's your situation. And God, I promise you, I promise you, God's eyes go to and for, to and fro throughout the earth, looking for those who are wholeheartedly devoted to him. If that's your position, if that's your heart, wherever you are, you could think that there are no opportunities. You begin to, to seek truth and you begin to will your heart to love like Jesus. They will start happening. Pete has example after example after example. And this is, the, this is the kingdom, guys, to not just huddle in a church, but to live the kingdom. So wherever you are, God has placed you there. I'm placed to people from around the world, but, but you're placed to people with, with different experiences and different contexts from you, and you're not called to be separate and, and aloof from them. You're called to be among them and not to compromise, not, not to settle, but to speak the truth in love. Maybe the holidays are coming and there's a dinner table that you might sit around and there's a lot of different ideas about what makes America great around the dinner table. <laughs> I'm here to tell you, maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. You might be wrong, but maybe you're right. And maybe your cousin, your aunt, your mother's brother's uncle needs to hear the truth you possess, let it not be truth in the flesh. Let it be expressed in love. And that will probably look a lot different than you think. Might look a lot more like listening. I'm just saying. On cultural issues, for the drug and substance abuse issue that's in the area, God, teach me, train me. Position, and I'll say this really fast and then we'll pray and be done. I just want to say, if there's an issue, whether it's drug and substance abuse, it has your heart, God's given you a heart. Sexual identity has given, God's given you a heart for that arena, for the orphaned, for the poor, for the hungry, um, or maybe just like for the utterly average and unconcerned person. (laughs) That might be your calling. Wherever God has, has given you a heart, I, w- I would just say this really quick and, th- and then we'll pray. Um, position yourself in those places. Ask the Lord, where, where do you just want me to be? Sometimes it's just being in the place where something can possibly happen, okay? Which means... Maybe that's out of your house somewhere in the community. 
Maybe God wants to put you in a particular arena, secular or Christian or otherwise, that God is like, I need to be involved in this issue. Just get me there. I will do that. I will, I will follow that nudge and I will be there. And as I am being there, use the truth you've, you've placed in my soul and are leading me into. Get me out of the way and help me walk in love so that the cross, the gospel comes through me. And if I'm in a if I'm just positioned somewhere and willing, I guarantee God will begin to move through you. And so this isn't just Isaac and Dearborn, Isaac and Detroit. This is all of us here. And so to end this, can we just pray together? And as a response, because it, it, it starts in prayer. As a response, just pray together. So maybe I'll pray really quick. It doesn't have to be complex, but I would ask you in your heart, whatever God's asking you to do, maybe you, you respond by raising your hand, maybe you respond by, by writing something down. I don't know. However God's asking you to respond, I would just ask that you do it right now and I'll pray that God would fill us this way. Cool? Jesus, we thank you. We know that we are, we are only and ever here because of the cross of, your, uh, of, of yourself. Thank you, God, for Jesus. Thank you for the cross of Christ. Let it be our message. Let the cross be seen clearly through us. Let us decrease so that you might increase, God. And right now, we ask that you would lead us into all truth, lead us into into certainty, into rock-solid foundation. Guide us. Give us uh, the, the urgency, the zeal to learn, to know, to discover to find you, to know wisdom and have understanding and give us, God, the compassion of your spirit. Fill us with yourself. Fill us with your love. Fill us with this love that it's impossible for us, but everything is possible with you. Fill us with this love, God, that we can't know, we can't express without you. We have to know you, God. We have to know your love so that, God, you could be seen clearly in both ways, God. We ask that, God, you would move in our homes, at our work, out the, out, outside of the church, wherever we are, God, on mission. We go with you wherever we go. We're with you, God. Speak the truth. Love through us, God. Communicate the, communicate the cross. We're asking for souls. We're asking for salvation. We're asking that those who don't know you would come to the knowledge of the truth. Let us communicate it as you did, Jesus. Let us walk as ambassadors of the kingdom of heaven and to love you well. We pray, we thank you. We thank you, Jesus. We ask for your infilling in this moment, from this day onward. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Will you guys uh, stay standing because I want you to know you're about to go. But, um, you know, that was a, sometimes I can come into a service and I just want to, I want a word because I want to be encouraged. I want someone to share something out of scripture that just makes me feel better about myself. Anybody ever need one of those? We got to remember though that we're called to be disciples. And in that, there's going to be a push. There's going to be a challenge. There's going to be something that says that you and I can't stay where we are. That something has to adjust inside of us. And today was one of those days where Isaac very well delivered a challenge to us. We get caught up in a thing of where we believe it's as simple as choosing sides. The only thing simple that he laid out is that Jesus Christ is the one and only answer and that he loves every single person breathing at this very moment. They are God's sons and daughters. But you and I have this tendency, a natural pull inside of us to want to choose sides. And in every situation to think it's as simple as this group is right and this group is wrong. I can tell you from my own marriage, it's never that simple. 
I can tell you from parenting, it's never that simple. I can tell you from having coworkers, it's never that simple. And we are being challenged to see that God has placed each one of us in places of significance and to have an opportunity to share his love. And it doesn't mean, as he even said, that we have to water down the gospel. It means we water down ourselves. We are coming up on another political time period. I want my prayer for us as a church community is that we would behave better than we did last time. Because it's not, I, I, the majority of people that post their opinions, you didn't convert anybody. If I can say it bluntly, you either had people drop you as a friend on your social media or you didn't know it, but they hid you because they didn't want to read it. We weren't converting anybody by going and preaching our own personal opinion. The thing that affects people is when we share the love of Jesus Christ. There is so much impact in that. And we, we want to throw rocks at everything. He was talking about examples. Every single month, I get invited by people that the majority of you in this room probably would never vote for. Call me up or email me and say, will you come open our event in prayer? It's not because I, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ every single time. I don't write out a really neat prayer. I go up there and say, Holy Spirit, will you lead me in what you want me to say to these people? But I also don't go around just walking up to every single person and telling them how I don't agree with the way they live their life. Because I believe that the call is to share the love of Jesus. You might not like what he said. But Isaac is walking in an authority because he lives there and he lives in it. And so many of us, we, we want to see something. And, and I'm, well, I'll ask you to forgive me when I'm done. We, we want to make our opinions about things where we've never gone and loved the people in the midst of it. We don't like tent encampments. Well, I got two of them. One, two blocks to my east and one, three blocks to my south. I can't judge that until I get down there and meet the people that are there. I can sit here all day long and say why I think they might be there. But until I get down there and, 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 and live with them and, and love on them and care for them, I have no right to be making an opinion. Because they are God's children. God's not up there saying, oh, there's my boy, the preacher boy. I sure love him. But oh, those people a couple blocks from his house... No, he's pleading for them. My hope is that we begin to see all people as children of God that he is trying to call home. And he wants us to be his hands and his feet to share his love. And that we would share the gospel. We wouldn't waver from the truth of the good news but we would also get our personal opinions out of it and we would love and we would point back to the cross. Kind of awkward to transition from that. Um, I'm gonna pray again. Lord, I ask that you would help each one of us to digest this word. God, whether it triggered us, whether we're even a little bit upset or whether we're like, thank God somebody finally said it or we're elbowing the person next to us and saying, I told you so. Whatever, wherever we might find ourselves, that Lord, it wouldn't be about us. It would be about you. So God, as we walk from here today, that we would be drawn closer to you. As we get into the next situation we find ourselves in where... Um, God, that we would slow down as Isaac did, even when he was asked that difficult question. Jesus, as you did so many times as you walked the earth and, and people would ask you a question to try to trap you, that we would slow down and we would wait as the disciples did in Jerusalem to wait, Holy Spirit, for your power, that we would pause and we would wait for your wisdom, not our wisdom, yours. We would wait for your power, not our power. And God, it would always be to build your kingdom not our kingdom. In Jesus' name. I'm gonna read a verse. 
Numbers chapter six, verse 22. Then the Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron and his sons to bless the people of Israel with this special blessing. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. I am so glad you came today. We love you. Hope to see you next Sunday. Have a great rest of your day.